Hello, and welcome to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I'm your host and sports dietitian, Riley Beatty. Each week on this podcast, I share with you easy and simple nutrition tips and tricks that have helped over a thousand athletes at the professional, Olympic, NCAA, and high school levels. I'm so excited to share these tips with you on these quick and simple episodes. In today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Brooke. I'm so excited to have her joining me today. You are going to want to make sure that you have a pen and paper for this episode because Brooke is going to be sharing and dropping so much knowledge on what you should be eating before your soccer game. Pre and post workout nutrition, pre and post game nutrition, practice nutrition is one of the easiest places to start when you're starting your fueling journey. And that's why I thought I would have Brooke on today to chat with me about this really important topic so you can get started on your journey. Brooke is a retired soccer player and I actually connected with Brooke when we both lived in the Los Angeles area. I think my first memory of Brooke was actually at the LA Galaxy games. My husband Robbie and I were used to be, before we moved to South Carolina, we were season ticket members and I always remember seeing Brooke on the sidelines and I thought wow what a rock star how cool is it that she has this job and I also would see her like getting along with all the players and she just looked like such an amazing person and when I had the opportunity to connect with her online and then get to know her as a practitioner I could fangirl about her even more. So now I'm super excited that she's on today. She is going to be sharing a lot of really, really good information. We're going to be chatting all about what you should be eating before your game, what things to look for, timing, and also what things to avoid. Like I mentioned, you're going to probably want a pen and paper for this one. There's so much education. There's so much information jam-packed in the next 30 minutes. And I'm so excited for you to be able to listen. So let's go ahead and jump in and get started. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Hi, Riley. I am so excited to be here. I'm super excited that you're here as well. In this episode, we're going to be breaking down what to eat before a soccer game. And as a fellow retired soccer player and the previous dietitian for the LA Galaxy, I couldn't think of anyone better to chat about about this with. Thank you. I love, I mean, anytime I can talk about soccer and food in the same setting, you know, I'm just, I'm here for it. Me too. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I would love for you to explain to the athletes that are listening a little bit about your journey, you know, your playing experience or, you know, hands-on or we can say, I don't know foots on um, experience about playing and then how that led you to becoming a sports dietitian. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, growing up playing AOSO, <laughs> that was like the beginning of soccer where I can't remember a time before not playing and not being my entire life. So I can always relate to those who say I can't have soccer and I still have that mentality. Like I have free weekends and I forget <laughs> But I don't have to be somewhere. And I think even in my professional career, like working for a professional soccer team, you know, that was just such a part of my life and I love it so much. And, you know, taking it to the next level and playing competitively uh, division one at university of New Mexico, you know, I, I couldn't see anything after that, you know, soccer had always been a part of my life. 
but I did start to see that that might not be my career path. And so I wanted to figure out what another passion of mine was. And I think eating healthy and finding that connection between my performance and what I was putting in my body, it really started to fascinate me because I did notice when I'm not eating well and I'm under fueling, I definitely am playing very poorly. Um, And so that became a passion. And I was able to study that in college. um, And then eventually dip my toe in some sports nutrition and ultimately landed a job with the LA galaxy. And that was an absolute dream job. So I guess just having the experience as a soccer player really helped me with that transition into talking to these soccer athletes and knowing what it takes to, um, to fuel for high performance. I always have to ask, cause you know, I always look back at like young Riley and I feel like she made so many mistakes when she was playing, but were you great about your nutrition when you were playing? You said you kind of made that connection, but did that happen, you know, at the high school level, at the college level, um, now in Sunday league, like when did that come about? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think, I mean, if I had resources that are available now back then, I'm like, dang, I could have taken it maybe even further. Maybe I would have taken it to the pro level, but Um, honestly, my fueling was definitely not to where it needed to be. And I think I would eat like cereal for breakfast, maybe in the mornings. I know breakfast is like a topic we always talk about with our athletes, especially the high school ones, but yeah, I would eat barely anything before practice and wonder why I couldn't compete at a higher level. So I think high school is when it kind of clicked for me. And then college, I was a lot more serious about my fueling. Um, And again, that's when I noticed I needed something different than my teammates. So I think understanding we all have different fueling needs, like that clicked for me in college. I feel like as a dietitian now, every time somebody asks me a question, every time an athlete asks me a question, I always answer like, it depends because just like you mentioned, it is so individualized. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very hard when you're in the thick of it to see that. And when you're surrounded by coaches, comments or recommendations, or maybe even your parents or your teammates, you are easily influenced, especially if you think it's working for that player or that person, but you never really know what's going on in that person's head. So I do think it's important to assess your own needs and really be aware of your body. So if an athlete is just beginning their fueling journey, something that I often recommend for them is to really focus on like their pre and their post nutrition. That's a, I feel like is a really easy place to start and a really great place to see almost like an immediate return. So if an athlete is maybe in the beginning of their nutrition journey, what would be some like signs or symptoms that they might notice when they're playing that would indicate that they needed to, you know, take a closer look at what they're doing before a game or before practice? What are some like signs and symptoms? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I think super relatable for those listening who are curious about what they should be eating before games. I think specifically what I noticed with most athletes is they don't realize that, um, Fatigue can look a lot of different ways. It could look like headaches. It could look like lightheadedness, dizziness, just feeling gas, even though they're technically in shape. You know, there's a hydration component as well. So we've got to be aware of hydration and fueling at the same time. But I think typically that low energy 
fatigue is something that we'll notice the most if you aren't fueling enough, or if you feel like you should have endurance to last a full 90 and you are always being subbed earlier because you're gassed. I think that's probably something where like the endurance component could be impacted by fueling. Yeah, definitely during those like 90 minute games too. Absolutely. So what are some things that athletes can add into their pregame meal or pregame fueling to help with those energy levels? Yeah. So the first thing that I would recommend is assessing what are you doing for your pregame meal? And is it a pregame snack? Are you actually eating a meal um, or are you waiting like an hour before the game, having maybe like a granola bar or a banana, something super small, because at that point you're thinking, okay, I don't want to eat too big of a meal because I play soon. So I'm going to have something light, but you haven't even had a meal that day. That's usually where we want to kind of look at it and say, let's maybe have a meal a couple hours prior to that. So you have time to digest and you don't feel you know, freaked out or nervous that you're going to be feeling too heavy or full. Cause that's usually what I'm hearing from athletes and why they're not eating meals before games. So I think that's kind of the first general recommendation I'd have is maybe swap from a snack to a meal. When do you suggest eating a meal versus maybe eating a snack? What, when would, you know, a meal be appropriate and when would a snack be appropriate? Yeah, totally. I found that three hours is usually a good time. Those who feel like they take a little longer to digest may aim towards the four hour mark. Um, But again, if you're not eating a very big meal, four hours prior to your game, you might get hungry again. So we want to make sure that we time it out with portions and timing. So that's why usually a pretty standard meal portion around three hours works, which I can just kind of transition quickly into the breakfast conversation when you've got an 8 a.m. game or something early, of course, that doesn't mean wake up at 4 a.m. to have your pregame meal. Sleep is the priority, of course. So in that case, we might kind of switch it up, have a smaller meal about two hours before, and we would just alter the portion sizes of food that I'm sure we'll get into shortly. And people can't see this right now because it's a podcast, but I'm like cheering you on. I'm so happy that you brought up that 8 a.m game time, because again, you don't have to wake up at 4am to eat a meal. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) So please don't do that. So when we have those meals, you know, that pregame meal three hours before, maybe two hours before, what are some nutrients that athletes should focus on putting into their meals? Yep. That's been always the next question. Like, cool. So I should eat at this time. What the heck should I eat? Carbohydrates are of course, something that we're going to recommend. You need carbs. That is going to be the fuel for your engine. And that's something that, you know, again, if you are feeling those symptoms of fatigue, we want to look at your carbohydrate intake. Like, are you missing this key nutrient that's going to support your body and provide all the energy that you need? So carbohydrates are our number one priority. We do want some protein, of course, as well. I'm not going to give you energy, but it's an important component to these balanced meals and going to support your muscle mass and many other functions in the body. And then probably I would say fruit is going to be my next recommendation to get some color on your plate, um, some extra nutrients and energy. Vegetables are not always going to be the main focus, but a little bit on your plate would be good as well for some additional carbs. Would you recommend the same nutrients for that early morning meal for that 8am meal? 
Yeah. So I think usually the area that we're going to decrease the most would probably be like the protein content. We'd want to reduce that a little bit. Protein takes longer to digest than carbohydrates. So wouldn't want to go too heavy on protein and then probably not eating vegetables (laughs) in breakfast, (laughs) we're being honest. So usually carbs, moderate, a little bit of protein and some fruit tend to be um, a good combination for energy levels. If anybody wants to eat vegetables, they totally can. We always love to see vegetables, (laughs) (laughs) but 6am, I totally get it. What would be like maybe a recommended meal for that 6am meal, I guess, before an 8am, right? An 8am game, game, we'd want to eat breakfast around six, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be good. And typically I've found that oatmeal is digested really well. If you are someone that likes oatmeal toast with peanut butter and banana, that's always a a good one. Even some athletes do prefer Greek yogurt with maybe some granola or cereal and berries on top. That always tends to kind of check off the protein, carbs, and fruit combo that we would recommend. So again, I think the important thing is that you're sticking to foods that you typically eat before maybe a practice or times that you have had early morning activity so that it's not shocking your system with trying to digest new foods before a big game when nerves tend to be higher than a standard day of eating breakfast. I think you hit on a really important point there too, where we want to choose foods that are, you know, things that we eat on a normal, on a normal basis, foods that we've tried. And it goes back to that individualization again, like you have been talking about um, at the beginning and kind of throughout the podcast. I also think this is a really important time to talk about like how eating breakfast, maybe on a practice day can help prepare you for a game day. Um, Because I hear a lot of the time, oh my gosh, I can't eat breakfast before, you know, an 8am game or breakfast makes me feel sick. But then these athletes aren't eating breakfast on a regular day, right? So why would the body be able to, you know, absorb nutrients and accept this food, you know, on a game day, if we're not maybe practicing that? Have you, I don't know, had any of those conversations or have you seen that, I guess, among your athletes? Yeah, I love that point. It's one of the things I say, probably the most (laughs) athletes I work with is like, we practice our sport for our competition on the weekends. Why does it not make sense to practice our nutrition during the week for our weekend competition? You know, it's not something that we're just going to one day figure out. It is little habits that we work on throughout the week so that we do feel prepared and confident on game day. So I absolutely am on board (laughs) with what you said about that. And I think it's huge to practice during the week. And even if you do feel nauseous in the morning or you're not hungry, that's a sign that we need to work on breakfast. Like we want to be hungry in the morning. That should be our body's natural mechanism and response upon waking and breaking that fast when we're sleeping. So I think even eating something small in the mornings to really practice and, and work on that muscle, it's huge. And that way we do feel like we're confident and we can eat something on game days if we have those 8 AMers <laughs> that are <laughs> so challenging. So hard. Kind of on the topic of that 8 a.m., right? A lot of the times, you know, at least 
I mean, I've seen this at the college and at the club level. A lot of athletes are reliant on a hotel breakfast before an 8 a.m. game, honestly, before any type of a morning game, right? Probably up until noon. What are maybe like one or two like sports dietitian recommended options that you would give an athlete who's eating at a hotel breakfast? Yes, so common and you don't have control always depending on the, you know, company of the hotel that you're staying at. They (laughs) definitely vary. So I understand that it can be challenging and almost sometimes it makes you feel a little anxious that you aren't the one preparing your meal. So my recommendation would be just to try to keep it simple. Try to stick to things that you normally have at home or that you're familiar with. Try to maybe just work on those three components that I mentioned. So okay, how can I find a carb, a protein, and maybe a color or a fruit? That's usually going to be available. So in the carbohydrate category, there's usually some kind of toast or bread option or cereal or oatmeal. Those are usually going to be safe options that most continental breakfast spots will have. Protein, I would say maybe scrambled eggs, hard-boiled egg, or yogurt. That would be a great option. And then fruit, there's usually whole fruit, mixed fruit, or, um, you know, one of those options. So just choosing one from each category would help you make a meal that you enjoy. So not feeling like, oh, she said I have to have eggs, toast, and a banana. I think it should go back to the individualization of just checking off each category. So, you know, you're going to get the right nutrients. Yes. And I love what you said when you talked about how you have to enjoy it as well, right? We're supposed to be enjoying all of this fueling. That's an important part (laughs) of a sustainable plan. Yeah, absolutely. And not feeling like you're just a robot and doing what everyone you listen to online is saying do. It's like taking that initiative and knowing what works best for you and being confident that you can make a decision on your own with the right tools. Yeah. And that goes back to that practice that we talked about earlier, but just getting practice and getting comfortable with your fueling and what foods that you like, and also what foods work well with your body. Yep. Absolutely. So we talked about hotel breakfast, but what happens if maybe we're in the car on the way to a game, where would we, you know, maybe stop off for breakfast? Do you have any recommendations on restaurants or maybe options from popular restaurants? Yeah. So breakfast on the go can be challenging. I would say, um, I think majority of the athletes I work with opt for Starbucks. They tend to have, um, the most variety and what fits everyone's preferences. I would say just choosing something that's not going to be super greasy and kind of heavy and take long to digest because typically if you're on the road, unless you're going for a very long commute, you know, you probably don't have that much time to digest prior to warm ups and kick off and all of that. So I would say like a, a breakfast sandwich, probably more of like an egg and cheese situation. Starbucks has those egg white bites, which is a good protein source too. If you've got like a bagel to go with that, or maybe some fruit for on the go for a breakfast standpoint. I also love that Starbucks is usually pretty consistent with their offerings and their preparation of the food. So that kind of goes back to practicing, right? If you go to Starbucks on a practice day and you find that, hey, this works really well for me, you know, this is something that you can replicate also on a game day. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. If that's something that we feel comfortable doing, what are some foods then that we want to maybe avoid in a pregame meal? Yes. 
that's always <laughs> that's always something too that we have to be careful with is you might love pizza and you know your body loves pizza, but having that right before a game might not be the best time just due to the amount of cheese that will take some time for your body to digest, might not sit well before running around. So I think also knowing that practice component, knowing what works pre-game, pre-practice will kind of help you intuitively understand like which foods make you feel good. But kind of a rule of thumb talk about in the sports nutrition world is limiting your fat and fiber too close to exercise. Now, everyone's different, and I've had many athletes do okay with some of these foods that I'm going to list, but typically the fat and fiber content of certain foods make them a little bit slower in the digestive process. So things like healthy fats, really great for us like avocado, oils, nuts, and seeds. Those things are awesome, but they do take longer to digest. So I would say, you know, a big, massive uh, serving of avocado toast, maybe not the best thing to have 30 minutes before you're about to practice. The fiber component would be, think of things like fruits and vegetables, but in a large serving, like a massive salad, like an entree salad, thing like that. Yeah, that's healthy, but is it something we really need right before exercise? Not really, because again, that's not going to give us that many um, carbs and that's what we want for energy as well. So it's learning how to really position that throughout your day in a time where it makes sense. So again, fiber may cause some stomach discomfort because it does take longer to digest. So I would say avoiding the fat and fiber would be the kind of two main nutrients to limit prior to exercise. A lot of people are going to be upset with avocado toast one. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because it's okay. If that was going to be something you had a couple hours beforehand, that works. But many people are shoving that down 30 minutes before and just going to take longer to digest. So again, it's just about the timing. It goes back. I mean, it just goes back to the timing and like the feeling focus of the meal. You know, sometimes our feeling focus is to get in like micronutrients. So we want a big salad, but a big salad, you know, two hours before your game is not going to leave your energy tank with a lot of fuel in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I can just give a personal anecdote about a mistake I made in college before a big game. My team was always going to an Italian restaurant um, for our pregame meal. And I went with a pesto pasta and thought I, was, <laughs> thought I was being like fun and spontaneous. <laughs> However, I legitimately had to be subbed at halftime because I was in so much discomfort um, because that pesto is very high in those fats and it just wasn't fitting well with running around. So (laughs) I always give that tip of if you're going to an Italian spot for like a pregame meal or something, really want to go with the lighter sauce options and avoid anything that's going to be too creamy or heavy. When I was playing actually to get another, like a personal antidote as well, I took the other approach and I wanted to feel super light on the field. So I definitely always went with a salad. (laughs) (laughs) I can laugh about now, but I was not laughing at like the 55th minute when I was cramping and had stomach problems and all of that when I was playing. So yeah, just, we were both trying to be healthy. We just didn't know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you don't know until you have those experiences sometimes. So though it sucks to feel that way, you learn. And I think it's helpful in your growth of trying to just learn how to fuel. And there's no shame in that. If maybe there's like parents or directors of ops who are listening, I know we both work with a lot of parents. We work with a lot of coaching staffs that might not have access to a dietitian. What are some maybe recommendations you talked already about like carbohydrates and protein, um, but what are some like maybe meals that you could order off of a catering spread or for a restaurant for somebody who might be ordering for a team? Yeah, totally. I think it can be super challenging when you're the person ordering catering because half of you wants to do what's best for the performance and the other half wants to make sure that the food is actually eaten. So it has to be something that looks appetizing. So that can be kind of challenging just from my times of ordering food for the masses. Uh, It can be really hard. So I would say the foods that I've found are the simplest. And again, going back to knowing what works when you're at home. So most athletes are eating pretty simple meals. So those carbohydrates are coming in the form of, you know, rice or pasta and even sandwiches. I think sandwiches tend to be one of the biggest recommendations I have for athletes. If it's a pregame meal or around lunchtime, or even like those awkward afternoon games, just simple sandwiches tend to be the best option (laughs) just because um, most athletes are used to having that during the week as well. And they know it works for them. And then in terms of protein, again, if you're able to do those rice or pasta options, um, just simple chicken, simple Turkey, um, those usually go over really well, nothing with too heavy sauces um, or too much breading or cheesy that can kind of be where it gets too heavy, especially if it's closer to kickoff. So I would just say the simpler, the better. And if there were sauces, they could always be on the side. So the athletes could add them themselves. I personally find that goes over well anyway with large groups because so many people prefer their food plain. And so, yeah, I've gotten good responses from that. And then again, having some fruit options, veggie options, just keeping it really simple as well. Dressings on the side always make it really easy. But yeah, like I said, honestly, you can't go wrong with a sandwich catering situation. Okay. Sandwiches are so underrated. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I feel like they're just one of the perfect avenues for like good fueling and they're so customizable. I'm a big sandwich girl over here. So I just got really excited about that, but I'm just so happy that you said it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's for some reason we get away from it thinking that it's not providing what we need, but typically when I have athletes who, especially in tournament situations, they've got a morning game and afternoon game. I'm usually Googling, you know, what fields are they at, what sandwich spots are near them and just giving them recommendations on, you know, whatever sandwich they prefer, but that just makes it so easy because they know what they're going to have and there's no scrambling around the fields or, you know, okay, what fast food options are there? It's just like grab a turkey sandwich, maybe some fruit, maybe some pretzels on the side. So simple. And like, that's what you need. We don't need to get super fancy with it. Proper feeling doesn't have to be fancy. Like it can be easy and simple. Like the basics work like a sandwich works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think just to kind of like reiterate, it does provide the carbs and protein that we're talking about in those portion sizes. So that's why it's a good option. 
I might have to change the podcast name to eat more sandwiches. (laughs) I would be on board with that. (laughs) So is there any, are there any, you know, one to two more tips that you have for an athlete who might be starting their fueling journey when it comes to pregame fueling? Yeah, I think overall, um, remembering that if you eat a meal a couple hours before, it is natural to feel like maybe you need a top off on your way to the game during warmups. So that's where those kind of sports products or snacks come to play that you might hear dietitians talk about of, um, you know, maybe some sips of a sports drink, half a banana, some chews, a granola bar. Those are meant to not provide all of your energy. That would be topping off those energy stores so that you can last the entire game. So I think that's where sometimes the confusion comes in of just having a snack beforehand and trying to use that as all of your fuel. And so that's kind of designed to be more of that last minute kind of top off so that you can last the whole game. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is we need to have a good pregame meal about three hours before with rich in carbohydrates, protein, maybe adding some, some fruit, and then maybe what, like 30 to 60 minutes before the game, having that feeling top off, right? The banana or. Yeah, that would be the ideal timeline, which again, broken record, it's individualized. If you feel really good, there's no need to force food. In that situation, I would just try to include maybe some sips of a sports drink during warmups. um, And that will provide you with some energy that you need. And then at halftime, you could have, again, some water and more sips of that sports drink, just to make sure that you've got enough energy to give it the same amount of intensity in the second half as you did in the first half. Yeah. I love that. To end our episode, I have a couple questions for you. As the podcast is called eat more carbs. I just have to ask you what your favorite carbohydrate is. Oh man. I know it's it's hard. hard. I'm a potato girl. So potatoes are my carb of choice, specifically white sweet potatoes. Oh, do you roast them? Do we bake them? Do we make them into fries? What do we do with them? Everything, literally everything. I love how diverse they are. Love that they are a starchy vegetable. So I know that I'm getting a ton of micronutrients from it as well. That makes me happy. And I just love the taste. My favorite thing to do is make like mini sliders. And then I actually will use sweet potatoes, like cut into the circle, the full circle as like buns, nothing against bread. I just love the taste of um, sweet potato buns on sliders. (laughs) That's so fun. I love that. Yeah. What about your favorite pre-workout fuel option? Yes. So basic. I love dates of peanut butter. That's like my go-to not, we're not talking like a ton of peanut butter, just a little bit. Um, so kind of balance out the sweetness of the date. You're giving me so many good ideas. I totally <laughs> forgot about that one. What about post-workout fuel? What's your favorite post-workout fuel? Yeah, usually I would say it depends on when I do my workout. <laughs> Cause sometimes if I'm doing it in the morning, I'll just have breakfast. So I'm usually like an, an eggs 
eggs and oatmeal kind of person. Um, but if it's like at an awkward time where I'm not going to be having a meal soon, I definitely will do some kind of like protein and berry smoothie. So easy and quick. Um, so I think that's always a good option. Yeah. I love some liquid fuel after, after totally or a game. Yeah, me too. Cool. And then the last one, which is not related to food at all, but I'm a big shoe girl over here. So what's your favorite pair of kicks? Dang. So, I mean, I feel like I live in my like running shoes. (laughs) (laughs) That works. That's cool. No, um, I wear those the most because I, you know, working from home, I have to go for some daily walks. So I'm always in my running shoes, but I will say I'm an Adidas girl over Nike when it comes to like kicks. So I would have to go with Adidas, just like any of them. Love them all. Yeah. And I was a Copa wearer. I don't know about you, but yeah, those are my cleats of choice. I was a Copa girl too, but then the university I first committed to was Nike. So then I switched to Nike then I went back to it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. copas are so good. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thanks for being on today. If anybody has additional questions for you about post-game or sorry, pre-game fueling or just questions in general for you, where can people find you? Yeah, totally. I would love um, to chat with anyone interested in learning more about pre-game fueling, any fueling. Um, I'm at dietitian Brooke, the underscore on Instagram. That's pretty much the easiest way to find me. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll make sure that I put you in the show notes and all of that. So all the athletes can reach out. Yeah. Thanks. Love talking about this topic. I feel like we could go on forever. This is great. Thanks again for listening to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I would love for you to subscribe so you would never miss an episode and then leave us a five-star rating and review so other athletes can find us. If you ever have sports nutrition questions, I'm always here for you. I'd love to chat with you to make sure that you're doing everything to meet your goals on and off the field. Please reach out if you have any questions. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at riley.baby.nutrition. Again, thanks for listening and make sure to eat more carbs.